Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 1230 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. This episode of Purely OCD is sponsored by NOCD. Um, if you're looking for therapy for OCD, NOCD or NOCD, I still don't know, offers effective, affordable, convenient therapy for OCD. At NOCD, you can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist. And between sessions, you get support from NOCD's self-help tools and peer support community. Take the first step toward getting better by going to www.nocd.com and booking a free call. So there you go. That's that's our sponsorship. We're real happy that, yeah. uh, to be collaborating with them. Um, so mental health obsessions. This is a personal oh, yeah. favorite. Yeah. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Except for it's really not my favorite because I, I swear to God, this is like uh, for me, myself personally and for the people that experience it, it's a tough one, I think. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. It is brutal because of course you want to get better. And then stupid OCD just comes and snakes in and it's like, <laughs> stupid <laughs> Some... OCD. Was too aggressive? <laughs> no, it's like the right amount of aggressive for OCD. Okay. I was like, like, of course your brain's like, well, but what if you don't get better? And what if you can't get better? And what if you're just going right. to be sick forever? And what if you're going to get sick with other mental illness? Yeah, are you sure that's even OCD and that it's not that you're bipolar and you're not feeling mania instead right. of anxiety? Or maybe um, you're psychotic. Maybe, maybe, right? Like, right, you're dissociating because you're anxious, but is it really the anxiety? Yeah, maybe you're actually convinced that you live in another world, right? Like, or an, not another world in the existential sense, but like maybe you well, have it certainly psychosis. Can play into that, yeah, well, for sure, absolutely. That's some of the questions that we got. Is like, how how does that play into it? Um, but yeah, and and I've certainly I've even had people come into my office who have been previously misdiagnosed. How about that? Oh, wow. Right uh, with what? with psychosis actually. Wow. I think I've seen that one other time. Um, and they were even on uh, a pretty not because you know, with OCDs, it's not uncommon to see an antipsychotic from time to time. Right. But this was like not the right dosing. I was like, Hmm, not that I'm not a doctor, but I was like, this is something's off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so favorite obsessions. Well, that was a few. Yeah, um, that, those are some good ones. Yep. <clears throat> what if I'm bipolar? What if I'm, oh, what if I'm depressed is a good one too. What if I'm depressed? And what does that mean? And that goes into like the self-harm stuff or. Definitely. Oh, it can go among many other things. <laughs> um, no, it's so true though. One comes up a lot, I think, within like those two overlap a ton. Right. And we were talking a little bit about this in health anxiety uh, last mm-hmm. time we met. And um, yeah, I think the major ones that I think we see in particular are some type of psychotic disorder like schizophrenia or delusional stuff, um, bi- bipolar, borderline. Um, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of clients as of late say like, am I borderline? I'm like, why do we want to know? 
right? And <laughs> right. I, yeah, yeah. that's right. question number one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why are you asking? <laughs> why Why are we here? How did we get here? We're just talking about something else. Yep. Yep. Um, anything else in terms of? In terms of the, the feared, I, I was going to say sometimes the fear of psychosis overlaps with harm OCD. Um, so those two can kind of sure. be interchangeable just because there's this idea that, you know, what if I'm hearing voices and what if the voices in my head tell me to hurt, hurt somebody? And that can be really messy too, because you are hearing a voice. It may, it's probably your own voice that's in your head that, you know, right. thinking, um, yeah, just the, the idea that, you know, you're having thoughts about harming. What's the difference between that and, and having a voice tell you to harm somebody. And that's, I, I think, a lot of people with this subtype ask, how do you know? How do you know the difference? Which is not terribly surprising because I think that that's true of most forms of OCD. It's like, how do you know it's OCD? We don't. And we don't. We don't. We, know, we just know enough. Yeah. We know enough. We make our best guess and we go with that. Right. We see what happens. Maybe we're wrong. I... Nobody likes. <laughs> no one likes that one. No, I no. certainly don't like it as no. a therapist or as the receiving end. But no, um, no. there was something you said that I was going to, oh, the fear of harming. I think on that same token is saying, well, what if I dissociate and I don't remember and I do something? Mm. Yeah. Right. So I think that can also play a role in that. Um I have also had clients go, well, what if, do I have panic disorder? Do I have health anxiety? You know, like they go through the, the, the crossovers and they want to know exactly their diagnosis. I'm like, well, this sounds like a little bit like obsessing on obsessing, right? Like they're trying to get to the, the core of the issue so they can Fix hit it. it right away. Yeah. Right. Again, but- nothing fits in a box, you know, like here we are talking about this but we were just started talking about mental health. It just can spin out in so many ways. Yeah. Well, I like sort of uh, dipping my toe into the realm of, of compulsivity and, and going off of what you were just saying. I think that there can be a lot of overlap with mental health obsessions and the compulsions that they engender as well as, health, health anxiety and the, the compulsions, like a lot of compulsive research, Googling, there's a lot of wanting to understand, which again, this is tough because it's not like, of course you want to understand your diagnosis. Of course Mm -hmm. they, you know, having a general idea of what you're going through, that makes sense. But it also, I, I think you can go down a rabbit hole pretty easily with, with Dr. Google. Yes. Yeah. And just a reminder, if you guys have questions, cause I'm seeing a ton come up just to put them in the question box. Cause we will try to get to them. Yes. Yes, please. Oh, also this is not a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. Just wanted Ooh. to remind everyone and myself and you, I guess. Yeah. Where is um, my brain today? No, I'm mine in the same place as mine, apparently. Um, all right. So other obsessions Did we, I think we covered it. I think that's about right. Yeah. 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 What if I'm mentally ill and what if right. I don't get better and that kind of stuff. Right. Although then we're getting into the obsessing about obsessing and we're going to do a totally different episode on that as well. Did we do an episode on that or no? I don't, I don't think we did. I was looking at it the other day. I was like, what do we have left really? to do? Yeah. I don't think we did. I don't think we did that's treatment related. Really, obsession. That's bizarre. Yeah. I know. It's one of our favorites. Yeah. That seems like, why <laughs> wouldn't have that been the first one? See, I don't my know. Face turned, I'm glowing. Look at You are glowing. What I don't know what's the... going on. Okay. Oh, you're not glowing anymore. Anywho. Um, yeah, I think we covered it. Yeah. I'm sure we'll come back as we always do. As we do. So compulsions. common compulsions. Hmm. A lot of emotional checking. A lot of like 
do I feel it now? What about now? And whether that's depression, whether that's mania, whether that's, pardon me, or like checking your feelings to see, oh, well, do I feel happy or is this mania? Um, Or do I feel real, like a sense of unreality (laughs) right now that could be indicative maybe of psychosis, right? Um, Right, looking for, that leads into reassurance, which I know I had brought up at some point about how a few of my clients have looked for cues that say, okay, do the people out in public look, are they looking at me? Are they looking at me having a conversation or does it look like I'm having a conversation with someone else? Cause if I was having a conversation with nobody, say they're talking with one of their friends, sorry, yeah. I'm really all over the map. Right no, now. I'm with you. I'm with you. And someone in public's looking at them like, who is he talking to? Right. They would be like, oh, we'll see. They look, they're just looking past me. If there was, if there was nobody there I'm talking to, then obviously I've lost the marbles. Yes. No, that's a, wow. That's like a nuanced one and a really, yeah. I've seen it twice though. Like checking for social cues for delusion stuff, delusional Mm -hmm. obsessions. It reminds me of the movie, A Beautiful Mind, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For most of the movie, talking to oh, spoiler alert! <laughs> if you <laughs> well, haven't seen a beautiful mind, <laughs> I mean, I hope that you have at this point. Uh, it's been a while. It's been yeah. like twenty years. What? That's weird. Okay, but I digress. Yes. Okay. Convulsions. Uh, Convulsions. So reassurance seeking and sort of seeking reassurance through like uh, a lack of action, like you were just talking about, uh, mm-hmm. on others' parts. That is the, that sort of like uh, also just sort of floating ideas out there. Like, did you hear that? Or did you see that? Or oh, right? yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> did you hear almost... that is a big one. Yeah. Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that, what else? Um, Dr. Google, the checking. I've rumination some... is. Yeah. Rumination. Um, chickens lost it. Sorry. No, no. Well, obviously the avoidance of tri- any triggers like movies, like Beautiful Mind, um, Shutter Island. Mm. Yep. Um, not wanting to watch TED Talks or read articles or, you know. Why TED Talks? Well, I just mean TED Talks, anything that's about this information. I think of the oh. TED Talks because I have two really good TED Talks that I use for this variant. Okay, so there are two uh, videos, one of Ellen Sachs and one of a woman named Eleanor Longden or Longren. I can't remember exactly. Uh, she's Scottish, I think. Anyway, uh, they both have psychosis or they're sort of in recovery from schizophrenia and so they talk about their experience and how they've walked through it and overcome it and I think especially the way that Eleanor Longgrindren it's awful she's amazing too I wish I is knew that her the name. professor at Stanford or I don't think so no okay um there there's one of them is a professor I think at SC, USC, um, but she was at Yale Law and she has a book called The Center Will Not Hold. I and, think that's what I was thinking of, not Stanford. Yeah. I've I've seen that TED Talk. It's very good. It is very good. It is. But Forgot I feel like that. for some reason, Eleanor's is like really almost relatable in the way that she talks about it as somebody who has OCD, right? Like I listening to it, the way she talks about it is very much... I don't know. Right. I don't know quite how to explain it. So it's, it tends to be really triggering for people um, right. as an exposure. And also, of course, something that somebody might avoid if they're being compulsive. Right. I'm going to, can you send that to me? <laughs> oh yeah. Heck yeah. It's okay. so good. It's okay. really good. Um, what else? Uh, I actually, can I throw out an obsession that I forgot yeah. to mention? Cause you know, off the rails a little bit. Um, I, I I've worked with people who are afraid of contracting mental illness yes. by hearing about it, like substance use disorder or, um, 
like eating disorders, that kind of stuff. Like they don't want to hear about it or talk about it because they're afraid that, that, which it's sort of this variant mixed in with some magical thinking. Uh-oh. You there? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, it stopped for a second. We okay. talked about this, I think, with the emotional contamination stuff, right? Is Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You're absolutely right. The sort of the catching sort of personality traits, but also potentially catching mental illness. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen it a few times myself. It's definitely, you know, it's interesting. I find myself even on this live when we're talking about anxiety and OCD. It's just ironic because I'm, I always get kind of hesitant when we talk about like talking about it being on a delusional spectrum because mm-hmm. I'm so concerned I'm going to trigger thousands of people like thinking they're (laughs) delusional but the reality is is like it's such a um it's such a spectrum you know yeah yeah maybe that's my own unprocessed anxiety I have to work on (laughs) no but I understand what you mean and obviously in some ways you and I both in the the work that we do are like I don't want to trigger you but at the same time it's like and we need to Right. And we need to learn how to, to navigate the triggers in a sort of gradual way. But I get what you mean. It's like, you don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe I am delusional then. But at the same token, we have to learn to live with the what ifs. Right. All of them. Right. Dastardly mofos. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's unavoidable. Just like getting reassurance is unavoidable. But I think it's also having the right information. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Google provides a lot of information. Uh, (laughs) I love when when clients come in and they're like, yeah, but, you know, Google said all this. And I'm like, okay, and, and it presents very differently. Yes. Right, like if you read the DSM criteria for a lot of things, it's like, oh yeah, like you could almost fit yourself into any type of category if you're anxious enough sure. and overthink it enough. <laughs> but to see something presented in a room is way different, for sure. And I, I think most people fit into some categories of of each diagnosis, right? Like mm-hmm. you take something like borderline personality disorder, which a lot of people do have anxiety. Like what if I have that? I think uh, just side note on the personality disorder thing, I think people get especially freaked out by personality disorder diagnoses. And what if I have that? Because there's this unfortunate stereotype or misinformation that they're intractable because they're personality disorders, right? Like that there's something sort of inherent that can't be shifted or changed, which is actually a myth, right? Like borderline personality disorder is very treatable and, you know, with DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, but. Well, yeah, I do think they are a little bit more rigid in terms of change. Um, sure. I just, I, what I mean to say is that there's this, this conception of like, oh my gosh, if I have that, then, and I think it's true it's of all end, of these yeah. disorders, it's the end. Like everything's end. screwed. I can't, there's nothing to be worked on. And yeah, I, I think but yeah, the reality. But yeah, personality disorders don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ironic. But yeah. It is ironic. But I think in terms of, if you look at, going back to this conversation about like the, the diagnostic criteria, I've at historically certainly fit some of those, you know, the, those criteria, right? Like an extreme fear of abandonment. Don't we all have that at certain moments? So if you are, if you're to the untrained eye looking at these different symptoms, it's like, well, shoot, I have this and I have this and I, I, it's something that happens to doctors in med school. And I think probably psychotherapists in the context of, graduate school or their PhD programs is, oh my gosh, well, what if I have this? What if I have this? Um, so, right. Anyway, did I go off the rails toodle? No, you didn't. I'm just getting distracted. I'm trying to read the feed and listen and then manage uh, just sensory. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Overload. Feel you. Should we breathe? <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a deep breath. It was a good one. I liked it. It was. It was painful. Uh, painful deep breath. So exposures question mark are we to exposures yeah let's do that yeah what are exposures i'm just kidding i'm I'm here what's an exposure (laughs) um Uh, words lots of words that could be good scary right like psychotic or (laughs) i thought you were saying like words like you can't think of oh i I often do that no i do that all along (laughs) the time (laughs) right yeah Words are triggering. Um, words are triggering. Um, yeah, psychosis or like I mean the different names for things. Um, but then also, gosh, I've wanted to get my hands on this for a long time. But apparently, there's a, a like a tape that they have. Uh, a friend of mine went through an occupational therapy program, and it basically simulates having psychosis oh my whiskers <laughs> i know right wouldn't it be great to have that as an no. no 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 it would be great but i think i'd have to just drown myself in it first just so i could really appreciate how, it. how do they do that i mean i think it's just the idea is audio audible hallucinations right like and voice voices. like with genuine themes in the dsm Oh yeah, I do. I assume so. Like persecutory like, and all. Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. How interesting. Okay. Cool. Very interesting. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. Cool. A little therapy nerding. Nerding. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um so and they even have a YouTube video a video that's supposed to like. I don't know. They? Yeah. I'm missing all these amazing exposures. You're going to have to forward me that as well. Yeah. 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 No yeah. rush, but um, no, I'm, I'm on it. I'm keeping tabs right up here in the old noggin. Okay. Um, thank you. Someone is thank God. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't say, I didn't say it would stay there. <laughs> I will but, say this. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I don't think I was going to no. say anything. You have the tabs lady. Okay. You want me to go or you go? Go, I go. go. I was going to say the last two weekends have been the first time in 14 months that I've done things outside of my house. Um, I, my family's fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. And I have had so much intense dissociation mm-hmm. and depersonalization. And I've been here before. And so I go, okay. Let's, uh, let's not panic, okay? Let's not uh, get too crazy here. <laughs> oh, look, it's here. Interesting. It's here. It's here. It has yeah. arrived. I'm, I'm close to losing uh, touch with reality any second now, T minus. And that's one of my I, favorite noticed... interventions, actually. Sorry, go ahead. What? Go ahead, because you're in the Saying middle. Saying of... you're going to lose. Okay. Yeah. So, um, shit. What was I going to say? Shoot was that, oh, that I've noticed too with a lot of my clients who also have, and for some reason I have bucket loads of clients who have this obsession right now, um, that them and their changing in their environment or like tweaks into their external stuff, like going back out into the world, back into the wild and readjusting post-COVID stuff, even though we're not post-COVID. But- but um, yeah, like they're vaccinated or they're trying to get back to normalcy, that they're also experiencing that. Of course, I don't tell them that, but if they're watching now, they know. Um, But it's just interesting. It's almost an exposure, right? Because your brain is in your body or doing things you're not used to. And it's like, what are we, what's, we aren't supposed to be this close. What's going on, right? Right. And it's likely to feel surreal. It is likely to sort of generate those experiences of like, Oh, this is very weird. It should feel normal, but it doesn't feel normal because right. we've not been doing it for a while. Right. But it very easily could, uh, I could see this. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I don't have anyone who has, well, that's not true, but 
but I, nobody who's had that particular sort of manifestation of it, given the going back out into the world post, well, not post, but, you know, semi-post COVID toward end. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, my one of my favorite interventions, though, because you said, like, is to I actually had a therapist do this to me once. <laughs> Because I did, I totally had fear of like, oh my gosh, am I going to lose my mind? And she was like, okay, you're going to um, remember to have a, a breakdown at like five o'clock and let me know, mm-hmm. like, let me know how it goes. But five o'clock today, how, like just whatever a breakdown is, but like, uh, make sure to lose touch with reality and, and keep me posted as to how it goes. Have have a blast. You know, I think we've done that with each other actually. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I still have my alarm. It, I should, I should actually get that guy back in the, in the circle of life for exposures yeah. for me. Get him, pop him in. I think he goes pop off at 5.01 PM. Where's your mind? I think it says. <laughs> Where's your mind? Where is yeah. it? Did it go away? Yeah. Maybe it did. Maybe it will. Um, and just to be clear, I saw someone a few ticks back say derealization, depersonalization is not losing touch with reality. And I agree. I think that me saying that is actually sarcasm, but yeah. it's this feeling that it stimulates like this, you don't have control. And so for a lot of people with anxiety and OCD, they think worst case scenario. And for a lot of people, it falls into this is never going to get better. What if I'm losing my mind? Right. What if I have, right. I am losing touch with reality. So, well, right. It's the very same thing as somebody who has a fear of psychosis, uh, seeing something out of the corner of their eye. We all have that experience, but if you have that particular obsession, you're going to think, oh my gosh, is right. that psychosis? Well, the, the experience of derealization isn't a terribly uncommon one. I think most people experience it to some degree at some point in their lives, but within the realm of OCD that it, you know, we take these things and go, oh my gosh, but what if this means this horrendous, awful thing? Right. And I'm not to, you know, but I I guess having a mental illness, right? Like you'd prefer not to accrue more if if you could help it, I suppose. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as as someone with several, Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. 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 So, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean, I think I derailed this a lot. No, I don't think you did at all. I think we're, I think we're on the rails. It's just, we took a little little turn. Um, so exposures. Yeah. Like being like, okay, well, yeah. Lose your mind to see what happens. For some reason when I'm in that one, like doing like deep belly breathing and like really physically opening up, like Shala nicely says, like shoulders back and belly out. Yeah. really physically because it's such a physical sensation is very uh it's scary i gotta say it's one of my top scary um but everyone's yeah. different you know like someone writing a script is gonna maybe get more triggered and um and that doesn't mean that it one's working better than the other by the way so no just everyone gets triggered by different things and associations for sure yeah yeah. So imaginal. Uh, yeah, imaginal for sure. Um, I think. I'm trying to think of another good one. All watching things like Shutter Island. Right, for sure. Watching things that are about, and then watching things or, I. So here's the thing. I I don't think that you can force yourself to feel sad. That's a difficult thing to do, but the acceptance of sadness is a really, and like, and it's, I guess it's E and the RP all, all together, but it is, totally. it's powerful. This idea of like, I'm just going to allow myself to feel sad and maybe I'll play sad music and I'll watch sad movies and I'll, you know, maybe I'll be like this forever. Maybe I'll always feel like this. Right. Yes. I actually have a client where oftentimes when she does feel sad, she immediately, the compulsion is to um, 
is to immediately do something that makes her happy, right? And to say like, okay, look at, and then mentally review all the good things, you know, these positive things in her life. And ultimately what ends up happening is later on, she ends up getting really sad and crying because she didn't let herself experience that anyways, right? Like, so, so we've been working on that. It's just, if you feel sad, be sad, cry. Just because we're crying doesn't mean we're going to get depressed. And just because we're depressed doesn't mean we're going to kill ourselves. Right. Wild concept. (laughs) So wild, but so accurate. Well, and I think here's something to sort of like throw out there is that you can feel sad without, without pushing it to the sort of full expression of sadness. So I I know that because I, you know, I had this historically that, you know, the, the sort of continual like falling to tears when you are, afraid that you're going to be perpetually sad or depressed you don't it's not I don't think it's like um thought suppression or or trying to push away the experience if you say okay this is sadness I'm allow myself to feel this and if tears come great but I don't need to like sort of sit there and focus on it and like really sink my teeth into sadness if that makes sense yes um Sorry, I don't, my phone's not on. Do not disturb. It's all distracting. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think that that's just being effective in general though, right? Because we don't want to sit in sadness because it's not, it can get in the way of our life, right? So it's like a fine line. Well, it's It's like we talked about with, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, it's like, you know, if you have to get up and get your kid dressed and fed and, you know, you can't, you have to say like, when is it? now the sadness becoming ineffective, right? So you can be sad and then you can say, okay, I'm going to bring sadness with me, just like anxiety. Yep. Totally. That's what I was about to say. Like bring it on the knapsack Yeah. get on your merry way. Strap that (laughs) guy on. In fact, I've often, I've had a couple of clients who are like, oh, but I I can't go into the grocery store. I can't do this or that because I'm going to cry. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) Cry in the grocery store. Yeah. I've done it before. It's fine. <laughs> I, I have cr- cried cry in the grocery store. What is? I mean, I think I've cried everywhere. I well, quite literally. I Where have I, I not cried? On here? Right. Well, that's a better question. I almost when I was crying a lot uh, a while back. I don't even remember when it was, but I I thought about starting an account. This is well before I think I even started this Instagram account. I was like. Uh, places I've cried <laughs> just like post pictures of different places that I cried because it was just like okay I guess oh, I cry everywhere gosh. this is cool but all Wild. of that to say that like it is really about accepting that you're going to have a whole host of feelings and in the same way that we want uh, w- with in, within the realm of exposure if you're feeling happy go with it allow yourself to to do whatever happy thing it was that you were thinking about doing and really like play into it and right. oh, well, maybe you are manic. Okay. Mm. Right. Like the surge of energy is mm-hmm. somehow now I'm manic and I'm like, hmm. it's not the only thing involved, but no, but, but maybe, but maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, so exposures, writing words sometimes is especially mm-hmm. with this one in particular i think like the word schizophrenia can be very triggering for a lot of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um take a deep breath everyone if you got triggered <sighs> right yep. it's just it can be very triggering just that one word and it's just letters and then you could scramble them up you know and it's yeah. still it's just the association you've made to just these letters that are in this particular order. order. You know, it's right. funny though, because I know historically we've talked about how like looking at a word over and over again can lead to a feeling of dissociation. So you may actually end up like writing the word, starting to not feel as triggered by the word and then trigger yourself right. with the right, dissociation, right. which, hey, you know, it's a twofer. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a client get a chair. Because I said, well, what do you think if somebody was 
losing touch with reality. Like, what does that visually look for you? And they're like, it's somebody in a chair that's a stationary chair, like not a rolly chair, that's mm-hmm. just staring at a blank wall. And I was like, well, that's what we're doing. And they did it. And, you know, turns out they got better, not just from that one exposure, of course, but <laughs> it's an idea. No, it is about an what's idea. What's your feared thought, you know, and uh, work towards yeah. that in some way. Yeah. Like what, what's the image? I like that. I like that. Like my images of, you know, sitting in a corner, rocking, rocking, <laughs> drooling a little, you know, like, yeah, something like that. I something suppose. like that. Yeah. Not, not, I don't mean to speak lightly or even to, um, no, sort no of stereotype, but the fear you know, in your mind is that the fear. right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um okay. Another yeah. exposure, setting alarms. We talked about that. Yep. You could yeah. even do a audio recording where you're hearing, you know, Voices. just random sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's pretty, you did a pretty good job. Okay. Cell five. Cell five. Boom. Nice. Boom. Nailed it. So Nailed it. Um, just a reminder, if you have questions, throw them in the question mark box. Um, should we start with some of the ones that came in? before and then yeah go okay um so here i'm just gonna throw out from last week real quick i obsess about whether my meds have stopped working and then she this person says how how can i work on this obviously we can't give direct advice but this I, I thought it was worth mentioning that this certainly is, you know, somebody could potentially have a thought like, oh my gosh, what if my meds stop working? What if they're not working well enough? Maybe I, right, and could end up compulsively like changing meds or. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've had a client like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So just thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah. And we can't because we're not you know, this is education purposes only. Let's hypothetically assume that that is the obsession. Yes. And that it's not a true fact, right? The meds aren't working, but that it's really an obsession. So hypothetically, yeah. how would we approach that? Well, number one, we would say, I don't know. What would you, where would you start with that one? I think that the, the, goal would be to right like if we're looking at the the ultimate aim is to accept uncertainty of like about like this is how we do this with every subtype that you know well maybe maybe your meds will stop working and remove we'll urgency have... yeah sorry go ahead right well and just to not respond in an urgent way yeah maybe maybe that will happen i don't know i don't know and then to allow that that feeling to really come on i i think I mean, I'm just such a fan of, of turning passive exposures into active exposures and saying, maybe, maybe. Okay. Yep. And then feeling the terror, the, the crazy terror that, that mm. hits. <laughs> right yeah, the, do, yeah. Right to the gonads, man. <laughs> Female and male. All and the everything gonads. in between. Yeah, yeah. I would say too, it's just funny because you know, you, this person hasn't told us anything about themselves, but like automatically Lauren, you already say like what already came to my mind, you know, is like, Oh, then they want to compulsively go to different psychiatrists or get input and, um, change meds. And so for me, like what stands out is saying like, okay, we're going to turn down the volume on urgency and just say like, if your medication is truly not working, you know, let's give it like a week because nothing could be like happen in a week's time, right? Like, let's kick it down the road a bit where right. it couldn't be like you're in therapy, right? You're doing the work. Someone's yeah. tracking you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard though. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to throw something out there at the risk of being triggering. Can I do it? What do you think? I mean, I said schizophrenia. I'm sure that. Well, this is a little bit more triggering. I was going to say that I think one of the things that people worry about with medications a lot is the, the like the black box warning, which is essentially that, that you might be an increased risk for suicide uh, if you take SSRIs. 
we're not doctors, but this is a pretty commonly spoken of phenomenon and it's not a common phenomenon, mind you, but, um, the sort of fear of like, oh my gosh, but what if I just, you know, now change my mind and want to do this thing, um, that you can imagine that popping up as an obsession as well. Right. Yeah. Got it. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, absolutely. To, but to your point, to sort of delay responding, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to figure that out right now. Maybe I'll f- figure it out in a week or a month yeah. or tomorrow. But right now is not the time. Not doing that. Right. It's just turning the mind a bit. Yeah. Yeah. As they would say in DVT. Is that, I didn't, I don't know that one. Can you tell turning me a little bit about that? It's just like redirect, refocus. You know, like when you're over attending to something and saying it's here and let's, let's turn our attention, right. To somewhere different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. So definitely people talking about obsessing about having a personality disorder. Um, We've talked about common compulsions Somebody asks, how do you know if it's an obsession versus normal thinking? Would you like to field that as I... How as do you I, know it's what? If it's an obsession versus normal thinking. We, we kind of t- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a scary one. <laughs> that's what all OCD is, right? Like, is this OCD or is this... Um, I think, too, you know, when people get, like, words stuck in their head, even if it's just a neutral word and it's not schizophrenia, that that can become very much triggering for – I've seen that before one other time, Um, maybe two other times. I take it back. Hmm. Where they had just, like, a neutral word and it was just stuck and then they were just obsessing about why it was there and then all of a sudden it evolved into – what if mm. I've gone round the bend, Daddy? <laughs> gone round the bend. Yeah. So. No, that's... Can I go on a, a brief sort of tangential tirade about something that Please. just popped into my mind about all of this? Is that there's this general fear, and we've talked about these terms like breakdown or losing it, or right? Like there are all of these larger... Or, terms that we use in the culture at large. And I think that they do us all a great disservice because I don't actually, I mean, we have this sort of general idea of mental breakdown, but I remember growing up thinking that that was a specific thing, right? Like a breakdown looked a certain way, or you could have a nervous breakdown, um, right. Which it's not really a thing, right? Like you can have emotional challenges that like, there's not a clear cut, like, now you have broken down. And so I think it kind of supports this idea that we shouldn't be accepting of feelings because feelings are somehow a threat to us at some level. And look, there's not, not to discount the fact that some people do experience psychosis or um, challenges that, that might be considered a break with reality. But by and large, like emotions aren't that's a very, not to be totally reassuring here, but that's a neurologically based disorder. It's very, 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 to my understanding, um, driven by genetics. And so we have this sense of like, oh my gosh, if I feel too much, then I'm just going to break. And then, and then I'm done for. Snap. Now. I think I've used that word, snap. Like feels like my mind broke. Yeah. And I remember telling you that and you're like, Kelly, reverse. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of Dodge right now. Because you know where this is going, lady. <laughs> it's just... Warning. 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 Reverse. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. It's true. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I just sort of tirade because I, I do think it's really important to acknowledge that, like, there's there's no feeling that ends you. Like, you can feel them all. You're, uh, I've said this, I think in this show before is like, you're large enough to contain all of your experiences. That's, uh, um, Dr. Hayes 
talks about that, Dr. Stephen Hayes. And I, I love that idea. Like it's in you. <laughs> it's not like it's going to like, right. Yeah. Demolish you. You've got this. Um, you were meant to experience all the feelings. Right? Yeah. You, that means you have a healthy brain actually. Yeah. But you're a healthy human that you can experience. Although I was going to, that actually reminds me of like when there's a blunted feeling, which mm. you know, you know that like when there's a lack of feeling, then there's, what does that mean? Right. Hmm. Why am I not feeling this? And you can Why see that. Why am I not crying? <laughs> right. I should be right. crying. Oh my Why gosh, am I yes. not bothered by Ted Bundy murdering all these people? And I actually find him fascinating. Clearly that means that I am a serial killer in my heart. Clearly. Everyone knows. <laughs> That's the only thing that it could mean. Or not. Of course. But, right. You know, but still with the maybes. Anyway. So I, I just worth, I think it's worth mentioning. I know there's a lot of chatter going on in our live. Yeah. And I, I haven't been able to read in detail what's going on. And I'm sure neither of you. No. And I heard people saying having a dialogue and other people triggering other people. So I apologize that we cannot go, we don't have enough time to go through and try to pull it apart. Um, But if there are any questions or, you know, there needs to be a follow-up, please let us know. Right. Like, I don't know. I think it's been going on from the the start. It's a lot of chatter and I'm not saying that I have been honestly kind of tuning it out because I I can't, I can't focus on more than one thing. At the I same know. Time. Well, that's why I've been kind of out like, like, yeah. Um, but I, so I have, I actually have no clue what's going on, but yeah. that's why I wanted to bring to attention. I noticed something's going on. I don't know yes. what. Um, yes. And I just want to be mindful of that and say, um, if you guys are asking questions, we can't, we're having, trying to have a dialogue. So I'm sorry. We can't yes. uh, intervene at any point, Yeah, but please yeah. let us know. Uh, following this, if there's an issue and for sure. clarification. Yeah. Happy cool. to do our best. Although remember, we can't give direct advice, not you. These yes. people. So if you're asking for direct advice, we can't give it, but if there's something that we can clarify or, you know, maybe even, you know, do a, a future live on, we'd be happy to, to try and accommodate that. Um, that's good. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, of course, lots of movement mm-hmm. in all directions. Okay. A couple more things on here and then we'll maybe go to the, I know we have a lot of questions. Um, I'm obsessed with labels, diagnoses. If I fit one, if I don't, and the validation from that, we've yep. been talking about that. And what about the thoughts that don't present as what if all the time? Those are the worst. Like the idea, and I, I can imagine, I don't know who this person or, you know, what they're experiencing directly, but that that could be like, oh my gosh, is it a command? Because I hear it as do this. I've... Awesome. I didn't turn on do not disturb and I got a phone call. Um, anyway, how rude I was are. saying, okay. how rude, come on guys. Um, I was thinking that historically somebody's like, oh, but I heard it as do this. Right. Okay? A directive. A directive. And that maybe that means it's, it's psychosis and, and that, that piece of things it can be right. really a, a trigger. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just like, you know, you're capable of doing this yeah. versus like, what if right. anything that's like a diversion of the slightest degree can trigger somebody. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I, because we talk about what ifs so often within the framework of, of obsessionality mm-hmm. that, you know, it's sort of like compulsively needing the exact right verbiage. And if somebody <laughs> sort of doesn't answer in the correct way. It's like, no, no, I, I need no. you to, I need you to take two, Rewind. do it again. <laughs> and I want you to say, say it. it with conviction and I say, yes. what if please. Yes. <laughs> and thank you. Please. Yeah. <sighs> um, all right. Let's see what else. How can you sit with the uncertainty that you may have a mental health prob- problem now? Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was reading. I'm no, no, no. 
Um, I just think it's interesting. How, how can you sit with the uncertainty that you may have a mental health problem now? I would say, Hmm. and like, I I can't, again, no direct advice, but what I'm intrigued by is that what are you afraid of? People with this concern that I have a mental health problem now, it's usually that it's developing. I think you mentioned that in a previous life, right? Like that it's not like, that's not full-fledged because you would just be dealing with consequences then essentially. It's the fear that some consequence is going to come up as a result of the fact that you currently have a mental health diagnosis that you're not aware of, right? Right, right, right. Or that's something happening that you're going to find out about later and then you'll have to deal with it. But unless there's an issue happening right this second that needs to be addressed, then it's always, it is a concern about the future. Like it's right. the, whether it's the future ramifications of current actions or that something bad will happen or you'll do something bad in the future. Right. It's like, well, if I have cancer and, you know, next week, let's say I have to go to the doctors or I have to have surgery or something. It's the what ifs that get us in trouble, right? Like you can be, you still have cancer. Okay. So right. you're what ifing isn't going to problem solve your way out of having, not having cancer. So there's that, right? So there's no, it's, it's a lot easier said than done, obviously, to stop mentally ruminating about the future. Like what if the surgery doesn't go well? Or what if this and that? It's like, yeah, but there's nothing helpful at all in any of this. Nothing. Nope. Um, I'm not sure what, if that was what we were talking about. But anyway, no, but I, and I thought, I don't know where we started, but I think it's relevant. Yeah. I thought they were saying like a mental health issue in terms of having OCD. Hmm. I think I heard it wrong. So they said, how can you sit with the uncertainty that you may have a mental health problem now? Like that there's uncertainty about what mental health problem that you have now. Which is OCD. Is that right? Because why would they be on our? <laughs> it's true. Well, no, because I think the other, the same person asked about, can you discuss okay. obsessions about having or developing psychopathy? Which I oh, imagine okay. that they're speaking to. Got like, you. there's not actually a diagnosis for whatever it's worth in the DSM. Kelly knows this, but for everybody else, that's of psycho psychopathy, uh, antisocial personality disorder is probably what people are are pointing toward, like sociopathy, psychopathy, whatever. Like that's just sort of a a general term. Um, and I think what I that this other question I was sort of filtering through that lens without telling you because you were supposed to read my mind, didn't you know? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but usually yeah, I do. I'm um, off today. You do. You usually, we're people usually... are getting nuts in yeah. this chat. So I'm like yeah. totally sidebarred. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sidebarred. Um, so yeah, anyway, all I, I was saying is that like, I think that there's this fear like about what if I have psychopathy now, or what if I have right. sociopathy now and I'm just not aware of it, but I think the fear is still, and then I do something or I have done something and I'm unaware of it and some future consequence occurs as a result of it. It's not really, it is about if I don't keep doing the compulsion, then I'm going to miss it. Right? And then I'm going to do something. Um, but it is really about some sort of consequence that has yet to exist. Because again, if the if the consequence already exists, you're probably just dealing with it. Unless right. it's the fear is like, how am I going to resolve this? Like, what if yeah. I can't resolve right. this? Or what if this doesn't resolve? Well, right. Um, Until you murder someone, you haven't. Is that kind of what you're saying too? I think so. And then of course yeah. there are people who are afraid that they have done something like that and forgotten about it, right? Like the, the oh, sort wow. of blackout real event or not real event, uh, false memory, false memory. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I've sort of encapsulated it well. I think my point is that it's th- the fear is that you're going to come to a realization at some point that either you've done something or you're uh, or you are going to do something 
Um, but that that moment isn't now. There's still ambiguity. There's still unknown. Um, so it's accepting uncertainty is accepting uncertainty is accepting uncertainty. It's just saying, I don't know. It's right. deceptively simple. Not yes, always easy. It is. But <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So let's go to the question mark box. Cause I realize that we're probably getting close to time here and I don't want to, yeah. do you have time? Yes. Okay. As long question as mark. we don't get cut off. Oh, that's right. Wow. I can't see any of the questions. There's a new thing. Yeah. They always are changing. I hate change. Stop with the change people. Okay. I'm just going to click on one and see what happens. See, um, it it didn't show me this. Like when I click it, it shows me. So I'm going, I'm going in blind here, people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have, I can't see anything. Oh, it says I can't get off intrusive thoughts. You to think every single thought before closing the topic. Um, well, I, I don't, again, like, we can't really give uh, direct advice here. Um, but I, I think gen- generally the, when we talk about intrusive thoughts and compulsivity, right, the in, uh, inability or the unwillingness rather, probably more accurate, to drop it and disengage and come back to the present is... Um, yeah, it is compulsivity in a nutshell. So I I think, yeah. So they're saying they have to have like the complete feeling, like it has to be completely. Yeah. It's, it says, I need to think every single thought before closing the topic. I think it think through every single thought probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's perfectionism in play there at some degree. Right. Right. Like you gotta be thorough about all of it. Totally. Well, because if you're not thorough, especially with this subtype, the, well, I mean, with every subtype, the consequences are significant. Yeah. It's devastating. In theory. Yeah. Good question. Good question. I'm going to just, this is like random. Okay. We should do like bingo or not bingo, like a a lottery, like, like, Where you, uh, the balls, remember on the, when people balls. watched TV instead of Netflix and yeah, sorry, oh, go ahead. Back in the day. I remember, um, is it common for therapists to miss the subtype or assume it's generalized anxiety? Uh, this subtype, I don't, I probably could, but I think that's true for all OCD. You know, I think there's, I don't know, Lauren and I, I think are on the same page with this. Some people might not be, but in a lot of, in our mind, generalized anxiety disorder is really no different than OCD. Yeah. And I think you've written a really great article on this, right? Have I? (laughs) Oh, with Tom? No. I don't know. Or maybe you uh, haven't. No, I don't think so. But that that sounds like, let's write that article. Well, Tom, if you're watching this put that guy up there. Cause I think it's good. I read it. Um, Wait, which article is on generalized anxiety, I think. And it anyways, okay, sorry. So I, we can talk later about it, but yeah. it's really the same thing. It's just, you know, there's still compulsions. There's still that obsessive right. thinking. It can still be really debilitating. Um, the only difference that really there is, is that the obsession is like what they, what they would consider is like real life worry, right? Right. Things that aren't like, it would be like, well, I'm worried when my child goes to school that they're not going to do, they're not going to be safe or something like that. Um, versus I'm worried that tonight when I put my daughter to sleep, I'm going to strangle her. Right. Right. It's like, just like a, a little bit of a twit, a little different. Yeah. It's, it tends to be like the delineating point in my mind is if most people would tend to worry about those kinds of things, at least to some degree, and yeah. it's just heightened or exacerbated, that's where I would put things in a sort of a generalized anxiety realm. Yes, Although that's not exactly. completely neat and clean because relationship anxiety and relationship OCD are all sort of 
mess yeah. in together too. But then the OCD, the themes tend to be a little bit more unlikely or bizarre, right? The the concern is a little bit more far-fetched. extreme, not far fetched, not necessarily something that somebody would be worrying worrying about uh, with in general. So yeah, I think far fetched is a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, so this subtype, I don't, I, you know, that's such a hard question to answer. I think it just, if that could be true for all of them. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, or are they, lead, are they talking more about like, they're going in with complaints to somebody who's not specialized in OCD and they're saying, I'm hearing, I'm hearing voices, but like, it's not voice. Is that... I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know um, what this particular person is talking about. I think um, the only thing I was going to say, I don't know about generalized anxiety in particular, but I would say that sometimes it could be that somebody gets misdiagnosed as having depression, for example, because, and really what it is, is they're so worried about it that they're hyper-focusing on the potential small indicators that they could be. And they're also talking about the concern about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's what I, I was trying to say, I think. Oh, well, yeah. I just, my brain. So. But you I'm, said it way better. I don't okay. think I did. No, you um, did. Next question. Should we do it? Mm-hmm. Nickel finger of fate? Yes. I lost lost you I thought okay um I'm gonna click randomly okay we probably only have to love your own company without okay yeah that's a good point um I don't know that this is necessarily within the context of this particular category yeah okay I actually didn't hear it it cut off because you okay because yeah my phone is being weird um let's see Um, nope, that's not, sorry. This is part of the problem with not being able to, <laughs> no, it's hard to navigate. That's why I like just to do a looking, um, um, no, I think we've kind of already touched on this, right? The, the idea is, um, questioning whether or not you want to die by suicide, um, yeah. can come up in this sort of subtype. Um, which reminds me, have we done a, a live on that, on the self-harm stuff? I think we, we did. I no, mean, we did. We did regular harm. We did emotional harm. I don't, I don't know if we did self-harm. Yeah, we can throw it in there. That's a good one. But I'm sure we've touched on it under the harm stuff though. I know we have. So if that person wants to go check that out yes. and they still have that question, let us know. Yeah. Well, this is about obsessing about depersonalization, derealization disorders, but it cuts off. So I don't know. Um, One thing, I guess I could try for one random other, but I just, I don't know. These questions, most of them have been covered and I can't see any of them when I'm just looking through. Do you guys recommend any therapeutic, even spiritual ways to manage anxiety? This is kind of off topic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's ERP, CBT, mindfulness. Um, I think a lot of people who are spiritual, that's such a huge word and it's different for everyone. Yeah. So um, faith plays a huge role in a lot of people's recovery, I think, as long as, you know, not done compulsively, obviously. But I've seen faith in terms of like, you know, traditional, what people think of traditionally be mm-hmm. play a huge support in their recovery for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, agree. Um, I would say for me personally, I'm maybe divulging a little here that I, I mean, the closest thing to spirituality for me is being outside and being with nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge turning point in my recovery was being on a hike all alone, (laughs) like with silence, you know, and I think meditating and mindfulness has been a huge part for me, but it's different for everyone. 
So it is different for everyone, but I, I, that's sort of the direction that I was inclined to go in as well. Kelly is like, uh, it's weird because mindfulness is itself secular, but it certainly has sort of larger existential, if not spiritual underpinnings in terms of that warm, you know, yeah. I don't know. Well, being like connected, right? And yeah, that the, connected. And obviously, there's a, a underpinning in, in sort of Buddhist philosophy and that, that can come through in terms of mindfulness being the way that we connect with others. And um, I think in terms Just of... Just like it other says, religion. <laughs> right. It's connection. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I Like, I think... The, the main thing that I want to say to this is I do like Pema Chodron's work and how it can weave into to working with OCD and anxiety. Oh my God, I have it right here. I love this book. Yes. Um, it's all leafed up and stuff like there that. There you go. But um, it's called Living Beautifully with Uncertainty and Change, if you didn't read it while I was holding it up. And um, obviously that pertains a lot to everything that we've been talking about. And I think this idea of living with the groundlessness of life is a much larger spiritual question, potentially, or at least existential question and the ability to learn to be with the unknown without figuring it out is actually one of the larger aims or can be a really helpful larger aim in life. Uh, Not just with OCD themes, but recognizing that we don't know so much um, and certainly this past year being a, a great exemplar of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. That's sort of my thought on that. So I don't think we have time for another, it's almost an hour and a so. half. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Is it really? Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Almost we got to two. go people, yeah. but thank you so much for joining us. Yes, like Kelly you. said, cause I did not follow any of it. If, if there's something that you're needing a follow up around, Feel free to message us. We'll do our best. Um, and thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you all. All right. Okay. See you on the flip side. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. OCD.